Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Valoni. I'm your host, Mary Valoni, and this is the place where fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. Welcome to episode 173. Today, we're going to be talking about the seven questions to ask yourself before that next big meeting. So if you've been following the podcast for a while, you've been following the seven steps that I teach in my book, Fundraising Freedom, and on all the lessons that I've taught over these last 173 episodes, I hope that you've gotten to a place where you realize that the secret to the sauce is your volunteer team, okay? I I don't know how many times I can say it, but I want to remind you that when your team, when you recruit and build a team around you, uh, the natural response is that they are going to be fired up and they're going to want to introduce you to new people. And I know a lot of people talk about referrals and, and asking somebody to introduce them to somebody else. And there's lots of different approaches to getting the meeting, but I am a, a huge fan of empowering your volunteer team to open up doors and really be the face and the advocate to the work that you do. Now, when you guys do this right, you know that you get to stay in your lane where you're the expert in your cause. And your volunteer is the expert in being a donor to your cause, being a, an expert of the community and the impact that you're making, depending on the whether that's regional geographic, you know, the geographic location that you're reaching and impacting. And they know that they're an advocate of that. And so they are speaking on behalf of that role that they're playing. And whether this person is a board member or a volunteer with their advisory group or a volunteer of a, a subcommittee, I just always want to make sure that they feel really, really super empowered to step up and speak out on behalf of you. And so when you do that well, they open up doors and they start to introduce you to people. Okay. So now you're in a position where you're actually getting ready for that big meeting. And this is where sometimes, depending on how many times you've done this, you start to get a little bit of maybe butterflies in your stomach. Like, oh my gosh, this is a really great opportunity. And I know I've been in this position so many times where you're sitting across the table with somebody who has a lot of impact, a lot of influence, a lot of money, (laughs) power, you know, there's lots of things that they have access to. And so it immediately puts you in this little bit of a panic situation because you're like, oh my gosh, I want to present myself well. I want to make sure that I come across okay. And so today's conversation is going to help you through that and is really going to give you some tools so that you know, when you walk into that meeting, whether that meeting is on video, a phone call, or you are actually meeting face-to-face, that you feel 100% confident and secure in what it is that you're going to share with them, okay? So today we're going to talk about the seven questions to ask yourself so that you're ready for this meeting. And the first question that we're going to talk about is, who is in the meeting, right? This is not a, a tough question here, but you have to know who's going to be in the meeting. There's been times where I think that it's going to be one person, then somebody else shows up. But if you can identify who are the key players that will be in the meeting, that will help you so much because now you can really assess the, the room, assess how these people are going to interact with each other, and you could determine maybe who should be in the meeting with you. Now, sometimes a volunteer, like I said, in an ideal situation, a volunteer is going to set up that meeting for you. So in an ideal situation, you're going to have your key volunteer, yourself, and then a key person, obviously the person that your volunteer wants to get engaged and involved in your call. So that person is the other one that's on the other side of the table. Sometimes you have a couple, so a husband and wife.
life. Sometimes you have a marketing person and you have the a higher C-level person who's at the table. And maybe it's, you know, when you're working in ministry, sometimes it's that missions director and the pastor. So you can start to see that there, there could be a, a really interesting combination of people who are sitting at the table. But we really want to ask the question of who will be in the room? Who will be there so that you know exactly their title, you know how to pronounce their name, you know their key ability to make decisions. So if we're sitting in a room and we we don't know whether or not that person is a decision maker or not, that will change the dynamics of our conversation. But if you know without a shadow of a doubt that this person can make a decision on this call today, you're going to be able to present in a very different way. So I just want to make sure that you know who is in the room, who's going to be sitting in that video, on the phone call, or in that meeting face-to-face, okay? So then number two, what is the purpose of the meeting? Ask yourself, what is the purpose of the meeting? Nobody wants to waste anybody's time. You don't want your time to be wasted. You don't want to waste their time. So let's get right to the point of why are we meeting here in the first place? And it very well may be just an introduction, but that's what I want to know. Is it an introduction? Is it an opportunity just to, hey, you should know this, you know, your volunteer said, man, this group of people, they should know what you're doing because you guys are really running in the same circles and you probably should just know each other. Maybe the purpose of the meeting is just that, is just a get to know you meeting. And it's not about asking for money. It's about just getting to know them and seeing if this is a good fit. Maybe the meeting is an opportunity for them to volunteer with your organization or with your cause. So maybe that that meeting is now really targeted at getting them plugged in and finding a place for them to serve. But all I want you to do is just ask the question, what is the purpose of the meeting so that we know how to answer the further questions as we go along, okay? So this is really important just to know what is the point. What's the point? Why are we here? (laughs) Okay. All right. Number three, what's your agenda for the meeting? So what, you know, as we think about what's the purpose of the meeting, then I want to start thinking about the agenda. You know, what, how is this going to go? And are they going to introduce themselves? Am I going to introduce myself? Is my volunteer going to introduce me? You know, so I want to already start running this meeting through my head. Now, I'm not saying that you physically have to write out an agenda or that you have to hand them an agenda. But if you've listened for a while on this podcast, I have talked about where I actually have done an agenda for a meeting where I walked in and I had bullet points and I was like, Hey, there's going to be a welcome and introduction that we're going to talk about a, B and C. And then here's how we're going to wrap. And the reason why I had that agenda laid out was because my volunteer told me to. So I didn't just come in to this meeting, super, super organized and detailed out with that agenda. My volunteer told me, this is how you're going to win over our director. This is how you're going to get him to say yes. Is he's, you're going to wow him from the moment you walk in. And that's exactly what we did. And he absolutely said yes. Okay. So we knew our audience. So back to question number one, we knew our audience. We knew the purpose of the meeting specifically was we were going to ask for a specific amount of, of, of money. We wanted them to serve in a sponsor role. So I knew all of that before I walked into this meeting and they knew that too. They knew that we were having this conversation because my volunteer had already prepped them. So when we talk about this agenda for the meeting though, I I don't want you to feel like it has to be super formal. It can be absolutely informal, but I just want you to already envision. It's kind of like those, you know, Olympic athletes that talk about how they've already run the entire race in their head so that they can already envision winning 
And that's kind of what's happening here with this agenda is that you're already envisioning you winning, you coming out of the conversation, you coming out of this meeting with exactly what you want, which leads us to question number four. And question number four is what is the most ideal outcome? So after everything is said and done, what do you want out of this meeting? What's the intent? Now, maybe once again, it could be just, I want to get to know them. I want to see how we could actually work together, how we could partner together to make a difference. That very well may be the absolute goal here of this meeting. But think about what's the desired outcome. If it's a financial commitment from them, think through what it is that you're going to actually be asking them and know exactly what it is that you want. Think about the dollar amount. So when I walk into a meeting with a particular organization, a company, an individual, whatever it is, I'm already thinking about what is their capacity to give? Do I think that there's somebody that could give at a thousand dollar level, or maybe I'm thinking more like 10,000 or even a hundred thousand. And depending on the size of your campaign, you can start to really lock in and say, okay, this is really what I think that this person could do for us. And then I know my desired outcome. And I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of times my desired outcome is their time because I know people's time is so valuable. So even above, above the money, I actually really want people to commit their time because it just reassures the fact that their money will follow. So if I can get them locked into to an area of what we're working on that really leans into their strengths and leans into their skills, they will get really excited. You know, whenever you talk to somebody about something that they're passionate about, they will light up and they will be like, yes, and you need to know A, B, and C. And we need to do A, B, and C. And like, so their mind just starts going in all these different directions. I had an absolutely incredible volunteer, and I know I've talked about her before, but when we would sit in these meetings, I was always just absolutely blown away by her ability to communicate just so many different ways that people could get plugged in. And I know that she did this. She asked this very question, what is the ideal outcome? Because she was like, oh my gosh, they could do this, they could do that, they could do this. And she was thinking about their marketing. She was thinking about how they wanted to present themselves to the community. So her mind was going in a lot of different directions, and I just... I, I was always so blown away by that because for me, I was coming in and I was like, well, I just want them to give X dollars. But she started to get me thinking about all the different ways as an individual, as a company, as an organization that somebody could get plugged in. And she got me thinking about how when you go in and make the ask, you actually want to be thinking about all the different areas of influence that that person has. So we have you know, different buckets that we can pull our funds out of. We could actually pull it out of our company or organizational budget, if I'm overseeing that budget, absolutely, I'm going to have access or the ability to say yes to that. But then I also have my own personal level of commitment. And that was something that she was so incredible at, was that she had the ability to say, well, what matters to them as a person? And if she could get them tied into our cause, so of course I was, we were, you know, raising funds to, to cure cancer basically. And so if she could get to their personal story of how they were connected to cancer, she could start to get their buy-in as a volunteer, get their buy-in as with their family to get them plugged in. And so she was going way, way, way deeper than just, oh, how can we get their company or organization to say yes? So I just want you to see that when you're looking at this question, what is the most ideal outcome? What do you want? When everything's said and done, you walk out of this meeting, what is the ideal situation? All right. Number five, what obstacles could stand 
stand in the way. I want you to really think through this because this is something that you could actually take care of before it becomes an issue or becomes something that later on rears its ugly head. So I always want to be thinking about what could possibly stop us from moving forward with this relationship during this meeting. Now, for those of you who are working with organizations and like churches, and for those of you who are working with companies that have a lot of employees, you know that there's a lot of voices that are ringing in the leadership's head. What is their favorite charity of choice? What are they trying to accomplish as an organization or as a company? So you better believe that the obstacle is going to be all those other voices, all those other people who are going to be asking questions about why why did we decide to give our money here? Why did we decide to get plugged in here? So I want you to be thinking about what can you do to show that you align with their values, that you align with their goals, whether that's marketing or promotion or whatever they're trying to do to get their message out, that you are a perfect fit. So try and and really knock out those obstacles before they even come up. So usually how that goes is you start thinking through the conversation of, I know you're probably thinking X. Or I'm sure that your people will be asking this question. So I want to make sure that we address it. And so you can start to already bring up those questions like, oh, I'm sure you're already wondering, what are we going to do after we raise X? What is it that we're going to accomplish? Or how are we going to actually accomplish this? And so you're already knocking down any question of, okay, maybe they, they're concerned about sustainability. And if we write you this check or we get plugged in here, are you actually going to be able to continue this on past the next year or five? years or 10 years. So you want to knock down that obstacle with a, here's our plan. Here's what we're looking at. Here's what we're going to do next. Okay. So that question again, what obstacles could stand in the way? Ask yourself that question. All right. Number six, how can you best serve them? Now this goes back to what is their plan? What is, what are their goals? Already be thinking about, you know, because you're watching them from a distance, what are they trying to get out there in the community? And that's usually what we're trying to come alongside them to say, hey, we can actually help move your mission forward and can help push that to a whole nother level. I see that all the time with our charities, that we have the ability to take their mission to an entirely new level. If you work with people that are in a different country, if you have access to community members that maybe they would never have access to, that is huge because now you're saying, hey, I can get you access in there. I can show the community what a huge difference you're making. And now you're this great testimonial of what wonderful people they are and what a huge difference that they're making in the world. So remind yourself of those things that you can do to actually bring something to the table. This is where you want it to be a win-win, right? We don't want a relationship where they're giving us a handout and we're begging all the time. That's where this question comes into play is what is in it for them? Why would they say yes? And how can you serve them to make sure that they feel like they came out ahead. And I I try this with every single organization and individual that I work with is that I really want them to feel like they, they won here in this relationship, that they got more out of it than they put in. So if that means that it says something about their identity, if it says something about their organization, they get that good credibility that comes with it. You can't pay for that. That is something that money just cannot buy. And so you have something to offer them that they would never be able to get anywhere else. Remember that. All right. Okay. And number seven, our final question today, how will you follow up? 
So ask yourself, how am I going to follow up with them? Once this, I go through this entire agenda, I have my ideal outcome, what's going to happen here. I've, I've knocked out all these obstacles. Now let's think about how am I going to actually follow up with them? And this is where, when we talk about in, enhance your brand, go through each section of our fundraising freedom plan. I really want to make sure that you have that case document. I want to make sure that you have a one pager. If you're not trying to raise a ton of money, I encourage missionaries and those who are raising less than $100,000 that you know a one-pager is more than sufficient for these conversations. But if you are trying to raise money for a large-scale organization and you are trying to fund maybe a really large project, you need that case document. I often call it a presentation piece or your menu, lots of different names for it. But in the fundraising space, we call it a case document. So you want to make sure that you have those documents available so that you can actually either one, present them at the meeting if it's necessary and this is why I always like to have some things in my bag with me or have things available on my computer if I want to share my screen so that if you do want to present to them and you want to show them that document, it's readily available. But you might also be thinking about the follow-up to where, hey, I can send this document to them after the meeting is over. And that way it just it just reminds them of and confirms everything that I already said during this meeting. And so now this is the follow-up that I'm going to have. Hey, I'm going to email you this document. And I also want to make sure that there's a time frame. So what's our next step? Are we going to be meeting again? Are they going to be meeting with their committee? Are they going to be getting together and deciding on what they're going to do in the next week or two? I just want to make sure that that's really clear during the meeting. So ask that question of what's the follow-up so that you make sure that you ask those questions during the meeting. And then that way you know exactly how you're going to end the meeting. So that's usually how I wrap a meeting is obviously thank you so much for your time. We're like, we're super excited to partner with you, to have you as a volunteer, whatever the outcome of this meeting becomes. But the next step is we've got to keep the communication going. And that's why when I have volunteer committees or I'm asking them for their time, I have some meeting times that are already scheduled. So it's a natural next opportunity for us to connect. So if I'm going to get unplugged in as a volunteer and we're meeting in the next couple of weeks, well, great. That's the next, that's the follow-up is that, Hey, I'm going to send you an email with the login information, the link to join us, and we'll see you on that next meeting. Or, Hey, we're super excited to have you, you know, considering a donation to our work. I'm going to send you a follow-up to this. Let's just say this meeting was virtual. It was done by, by video. Whatever you share during that meeting, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to send you a, an electronic copy of this presentation. So that way you have a chance to look at it with your team, look at it with your spouse, and you guys can make a decision on how you want to get plugged in. Now, the next thing is, is it's really important for you to set a deadline date. So set that date where it's, hey, I'm going to follow if I don't hear from you in the next week, I'm going to reach out to you. Okay. Cause we know each other, right? We know how busy everybody is and we know that we're not their number one priority. So let them set them up for success on, Hey, if I don't hear from you by next Friday at five o'clock, I'm going to reach out to you on Monday. Okay. And get their confirmation. Yes. Please follow up with me. If you don't hear from me, follow up. Okay. And so whatever it is, set that time frame as far as, you know, maybe it, it's automatic and they're like, yep, I'm in, I'm going to come to that next meeting. Great. You've got them all ready to go. And that's the end of that. Okay. But I just want to, I want you to have a plan as you're asking these questions and remind yourself that it's like, we don't want the meeting to end. And then 
us never to connect again. And I've seen that happen so many times where you're like, oh, we had this great meeting, we connected. And honestly, I've had this before with many people as well, where it's like, man, that was a really great conversation and we really connected, but it didn't go anywhere because the follow-up suffered. It just, there was no follow-up. There was no what's next for them. And so it just kind of was left out there in the abyss. And it was like, okay, well, whenever you feel like it, come back and we'll be here, you know? And sometimes, you know, timing is just not right. And so for that matter, that's fine. You know, where they're like, Hey, let's reconnect in the, in the next year or six months. But I just want to make sure that you have some sort of deadline or intent to continue the conversation because we just don't want to take anybody's time and then for it to go nowhere. Now, I have absolutely been in those meetings where we were not a good fit, okay? So if if you get to that place where the follow-up is good luck, you know, like we'll send you some information, we'll part, you know, we'll let you know about these things that are coming up. But for the most part, you kind of feel like, yeah, we're really not moving in the same direction and probably not going to be a good fit. And that's okay. And it's fine to end the conversation that way too. And to not have any additional follow-up besides, Hey, we're, um, you know, I'll following you on social media. We'll continue to help however we can, but it looks like the timing is probably not right right now. And you can end the conversation there. But I want to make sure that you have your plan in place for the follow-up so that you don't find yourself in a position where it was like, oh, it was so great to meet you. And thanks so much for connecting. And then you hang up the phone or you hang up that Zoom and you're like, we're never going to talk again, you know, and it just is not a good use of your time. So let's make sure that we set you up for success with all seven of these questions. And I'm going to repeat these, run through them real quick again, so you have them, but I, I would absolutely encourage you to think through these questions before that next big meeting and already be thinking about it now so that you're more than prepared when the opportunity comes, because trust me, when somebody makes that introduction, a lot of times it's, it's fairly quickly. And so then you're like, oh, shoot, I got to get my stuff together and I have to be ready for this meeting. And that's why I want you to have your case document. I want to make sure that you have all your materials ready and you have these questions already processed so that you can jump right into that meeting and feel really confident about what it is that you're going to share. Okay. So seven questions again, who will be in the room? Number one, number two, what's the purpose of the meeting? Number three, what's your agenda for the meeting? Four, what is the most ideal outcome? Number five, what obstacles could stand in the way? Six, how can you best serve them? And seven, how will you follow up? Okay. All right. You guys have all seven questions. You know what needs to be done. The primary thing here is to be prepared. Okay. I tell people oftentimes that, uh, you know, the butterflies and the anxiety and all that stuff comes because you're not prepared. You know, when you do the research, when you come in, you know that you're confident about what it is that you're going to share, you're going to come across so much better. And people are going to be like, there's something different about you. And, you know, we want to be a part of that. So you could about imagine how many people walk into these offices or have these conversations with people of power and they, they are extremely nervous because those people in those power positions, they understand that, you know, they do have a lot of influence and people are nervous when they have conversations with them. So if you come in totally counter to what everybody else is doing and you really do come in confident, like this is the best place for you guys to serve and you absolutely need to partner with us. We 
we, we should be your charity of choice. You know, like I want to come in with that sense of confidence to every single meeting. So people know I am the best fit for you and you will be surprised how that translates and how that turns into dollars, into volunteers, into partners. And I, I just want to continue to encourage you to, to stand firm in what you believe and what your cause is all about and present yourself truly as an expert in your space. Utilize that volunteer that's working with you to, to be an advocate and to really be that testimonial for your organization. And then speak with confidence because you know that this person is already funding and supporting you and why wouldn't everybody else want to do the same? All right. So great conversation today. Thank you guys for being a part of this episode. I do want to encourage you if you have been listening to the podcast for a while and you're like, man, I really feel like I should have a conversation with Mary about that goal, that campaign that you're trying to work on. Please reach out to me. If you go to maryvaloney.com, you can click on the top of the page to to get, get started and you can download some free resources that I have and you can also schedule a call with me. Okay. So I love having these conversations with you and I want to make sure that I help you exactly where you're at. So don't be afraid to reach out. I would love to have that conversation with you and see how I can best help you in this next season. So hope you guys have a great week. Let's go change the world one volunteer and $1 at a time. 